The Urbanist is brought to you in association with the Department of Culture and Tourism, Abu Dhabi. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is a beacon of hope and inspiration. A catalyst to spark growth and collaboration with museums and experiences, where art and science and nature and technology coexist. The belief of Abu Dhabi that culture is the backbone of our society. Stay tuned for a special episode of the show, in which you can hear His Excellency Mohammed Khalifa Al-Mubarak explain exactly why and how Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is the perfect place to collaborate, create, and innovate. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi, proud partner of The Urbanist on Monocle Radio. Winding through the Caucasus Mountains that separate Georgia and Russia, exists an historical trade route whose driving conditions are as extreme as the surrounding landscape. The road has long served its purpose as a passage for military as well as for trade and transit. But there's plenty of luxury hotels, ski resorts and roadside dumplings along the way too. You're listening to Tall Stories, a monocle production brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. In this episode, Monocle's Jessica Bridger takes a trip down the Georgian military highway. It is late. You're in the Caucasus, traveling in an imported 2003 Mitsubishi Delica, which still has Japanese-labeled diagrams warning you to wear seatbelts. Your driver, Georgie, is telling you that the huge tankers quickly passing you in the narrow mountain highway are carrying LNG and other flammables. They're allowed to cross the border freely, unlike the kilometers of regular trucks lined up and waiting to enter Russia. You're on the Georgian military highway. The LNG trucks appear from behind, their cabs strung with Christmas lights and neon signs. They toot their horns cheerfully as they pull beside and then past. The Georgian military highway is a deeply wild stretch of mostly asphalt, marked as E-117 on the maps, stretching some 160 kilometers north from Tbilisi to the Russian border. It is a major trade and transport conduit through the Caucasus Mountains, and it has the traffic and history to show it. Records of the road go back to Greek and Roman times as an important trade route in a world which was far more globalized than we often think. Like many mountain passes, it was a conduit for commerce and invasions. The Mongols came through in the 13th century, merely one group of many who sought to tame the Caucasus. As the tides of power ebbed and flowed over the centuries, the road was widened, improved, and kept pace with the needs of the powers that were to move troops and equipment over the Javari Pass at 2,400 meters and through the starkly stunning mountain landscape. Roads are emphatically political, and border roads in the mountains are perhaps the perfect distillation of the power of mobility. Months later, your partner says, Remember how we got on the road? First there was one truck by the side, then you passed ten, 
Then you realize for so many kilometers, the north side of the road is lined with trucks waiting. It is strange to see something that you think of as embodying movement standing still. Hundreds of trucks do indeed snake slowly up the road, moving and pausing, over the pass and then the border. It is tempting to conclude that this has something to do with the Russian-Ukrainian war, with sanctions. But the line has long been part of this crossing, the Russian border far less porous than the Georgian one. And so, the waiting. You get used to the trucks, the ad hoc, homemade-signed outposts that have sprung up along the way to serve the drivers, groceries, bathrooms, cafes. And in fact, you stop at one, which your driver Georgie swears has the best Kinkali dumplings. And the little pillows of dough covered meat are indeed delicious. Advertisements from the turn of the century, the 21st, and a faded promotional calendar are the only decoration in the restaurant. A table of four Uzbeki drivers play cards, waiting their turn to continue snaking north to the border. The road is in okay condition, worn a little worrisomely in places, but serviceable. Narrow, but not narrow enough to prevent high-speed Tetris-style passing when there's traffic, because that's how it's done. Cars and trucks travel mere meters apart, and cars pull halfway out into the opposite lane to pass, assisted by meaningful brake light code from the truck in front, and finally zip past that truck and settle in between it and the next one. It is, to choose one adjective, terrifying. But like many scary things, you quickly acclimate and start reading license plate origins instead. Armenia, Azerbaijan, Turkey, Uzbekistan, Russia, and even some with blue backgrounded yellow stars, The sanctions aren't totalizing, and some goods do flow through, legally, to the EU. It is rare these days to feel that you're on an adventure while traveling, but that's exactly what moving along the Georgian military highway brings. Maybe it is the clearly risky driving conditions, the obvious rural poverty interspersed with recent ambitious development, including the Gudari Ski Resort, and the sense that this is a global conduit, without the slick global airport feeling or even guardrails in good condition. You never forget you're heading north, toward Georgia's big historical bad neighbor, in what is truly a fraught neighborhood. Russia occupied and oppressed Georgia over the centuries, yet somehow the country retained its own strong identity, language, alphabet, and perhaps the very mountains you travel helped. When there's only one main road through four and 5,000 meter peaks, there's only so much that domination can squelch. Even if you make significant improvements to the road itself, as the Russians did consistently starting in the 18th century. The road also supports alternate histories, and the spectacular 1983 Soviet-built Russian-Georgian Friendship Monument is a tour de force of the genre. Standing proud in illustrated splendor, perched overlooking a gorge. Finally, you get in late at night, the journey ending 10 kilometers short of the Russian border at the Rooms Hotel Kazbegi, an amazing five-star, creative, independent property with excellent food and even better music in a truly unusual, nearly incongruous location. The 5,000-meter Mount Kazbegi, a dormant volcano, presides over this strange setting. The next day, you continue to see the border station at Verkhny Lars. It is quiet, awaiting the next wave of trucks allowed to pass. 
you're warned off getting too close on foot by a friendly Georgian border guard and settle for taking a look in the cafeteria and convenience store. The Georgian military highway has millennia of history encrusted invisible like man-made geological layers along the road. But now it turns a new page. The new Kishveti Kobe 22-kilometer stretch will include six bridges and five tunnels, reducing travel by at least 40 minutes, cutting out some of the most grueling road sections and traversing under the Javari Pass. Worries that this kind of work might make the unfriendly north a little too eager to be friendly are rife. Regardless, roads, like other big infrastructure, have a way of rendering human history small and incidental as they endure for centuries and even millennia. While this project is financed primarily by the European Bank for Development and Reconstruction and the Asian Development Bank, the construction sites visible along the road are clearly run by the China Railway Tunnel Group, proudly touting their logos for the world to see. CRTG is heavily associated with the Chinese-led Belt and Road Initiative, perhaps the grandest connective infrastructure project the world has ever seen. The Caucasus have always been a global pinch point, and the Georgian military highway, then and now, is a clear way through. When you travel back down toward Tbilisi in daylight, you feel the weight of things and watch somewhat stunned as you wind through the Caucasus. The human scale and concern seem small and inconsequential. You are moving through extreme landforms amid mountains, gorges, rivers, ice caves, a sublime, harsh conduit and lesson in the human need to move, to explore, to exchange, to dominate, for better or for worse. Tall Stories is a monocle production from the team behind The Urbanist. This episode was written by Jessica Bridger and produced and edited by David Stevens. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye. Thank you for listening, City Lovers. City Lovers.